Hey guys, welcome to the Gas Gathering, otherwise known as the Gag. I'm Joey. I'm Ali. I'm Zia. And we're back for another episode of Everything Gay and Hopefully Gaggy, which hasn't really been our lives a lot for the past few weeks, for the past year even. I mean, Miss Ali is securing bags and... Miss Zia is on her journey to Twitter stardom, apparently, from what we were talking about before the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like life lately has just been like, go girl, give us nothing. Yeah, it's absolutely been that. I think you even said it maybe on the last show or like in our like group chat or whatever. You're just like, it's just that one doula peep comment of just go girl. <laughs> give us nothing and that's how i feel like how it's been especially like the month of february the month of february has been a flop low-key it's just been like a really weird flop of nothingness which has of course been this past year but like it's really been extra nothing it's been extra on the nothing this past month if that makes sense only thing i look forward to is drag race uk then everything else is just another day do you think it's because we're single that february was a flop for us um High school me would think so, but like grown me who knows like xvideos.com slash gay doesn't think the same anymore. Yeah, I feel like even people in relationships, like just for everyone, February's just been a flop period. Mm. Yeah, I feel like February's just February's just like happening and we're just going through it. The past week's been like pretty okay for me though, just cuz you know coins and work. Mm-hmm. But like before that, the first like 3 weeks just whatever. Mm-hmm. Valentine's Day, I completely forgot it was I completely forgot it was a thing. It just happened. I was at work and I was like, "Oh, it's Valentine's Day." Okay. Anyways. Yeah, about her, Miss Valentine's and not Cherry Valentine. But like I don't know if it's maybe we're growing and hopefully becoming somewhat of independent-minded individuals, but, like, I have no urge for a relationship. Like, no urge. And it's not just that, like, one single girl that goes to, like, the gay bar with her, like, girlfriends after she breaks up. She's like, I'm not looking for anyone else. I'm just dating myself. It's not even, like, that, like, pompous (laughs) way of proclaiming your independence. It's just, like, I genuinely, I have all the time in the world but I have no time for that. You know, with all of us being on a like I have all the time in the world, but I have no fucking time for that. Maybe there's moments where, you know, you crave it, but I think all my cravings when it comes to relationships are all superficial and that's completely fucking fine. You know, the only time I want a relationship is when I just want to casually fuck somebody. Other than that, I'm like, now keep me out of that shit. See that absolutely. Uh, the other day, my stepdad like asked me, like, why like he doesn't see me like dating or like if, if like I don't know I don't want a relationship or all that shit. And I'm just like I don't care for one right now. I really couldn't care for one. Like you said earlier, like that feeling comes in like moments and then it goes real quick. You know what makes it go real quick? A very easy cure that only takes one person in one hand. Once that happens, I'm a completely different person. I was thinking about that yesterday after such activity as I was like, no, Mm -mm, no, (laughs) I don't, I don't want to wait. Does your uncle know about your sexuality? Uncle? Yeah. Isn't that who asked you about dating? Stepdad. Oh. Stepdad. 
Oh, <laughs> my bad. Does he know or like? <laughs> yeah, he knows. He knows, please. He met my mom like after, like like years after I had already come out to her. He knows. Everyone on my mom's side of the family knows, except for my grandma, because she'd have a heart attack. She was calling me like an hour ago, too. Um, <laughs> and my dad knows. So that's it. Wow. Well, that's good. So hopefully when the time does come for you and all of us, you know, he'll know. And you'll let him know. But speaking of something... Mm-hmm. That is coming out, something coming out soon, and that was announced earlier this week, is Paramount Plus, a new streaming platform containing all the Paramount channels such as MTV, Nickelodeon, VH1, that is all going to be coming this year. And they revealed a bunch of movies, projects, and reboots that will be coming out with the release of um, Paramount Plus, including a Rugrats reboot in some really horrifying animation and the one that i'm very excited for is the mtv i don't want to say reboot but reinstallation of mtv unplugged and vh1's behind the music but other than that are we here for a streaming app one are we here for another streaming app one and two is this like really the beginning of the end of cable do we think like what the fuck are we going to be doing in 10 years from now when we want to watch something okay so i'm here for another streaming app only if like the price isn't like obnoxious because i know like netflix is like a lot now like a lot Mm -hmm. uh unnecessary but i don't pay for it i just use my cousins we share uh, but Paramount Plus is going to be like four ninety nine, which I think is just fine, especially with what they're going to offer. Like, great, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And I saw like what they have on the lineup, and I think that's cute. I know they have like what a proud family something planned. They have like an Avatar something planned. So I don't know. I'm here for it, and a bunch of other shit. See, my only confusion with this is that like. It just makes me, like, ask the question. It might sound dramatic, but it's just, like, so how are we going to, like, watch? Like, are we even going to say I'm watching TV anymore? Or is it, like, like you know, you go on TV, you either have cable or, like, for now, while we're in this in-between growing streaming era, we use, like, you know, your smart TV or, like, your Roku whatever. So it's, like, are we just, once cable is gone and done with, if that ever happens, it's, like, are we just going to have to keep on subscribing and paying for like separate platforms and we're just going to get our television viewing experience that way? Cause that sounds a little bit more like of a pain in some ways, but also maybe not. I bet you after a while, these streaming services are going to combine themselves in some way and then just become another damn cable package. But like, right. Something that I love about cable that I would miss is like when you fell asleep in front of the couch at like 3 a.m. and then you wake up and like some random ass ad is playing and like it's trying to sell you some like stainless steel pot that you're like, hmm, two payments of $24.99. Like maybe that's not a bad idea. There's just something about that that like I would definitely miss if cable went away. Like waking up and like George Lopez show is on mm-hmm. and you're on the couch with like one eye open and fucking the grandma's like flying in air to the theme song <laughs> and you're just like, oh shit, I really fell asleep, huh? You know what? I'll admit, I would miss that. But I just really enjoy the like, the like easiness and like 
access of just like streaming. Uh, but one thing is, I wonder how like Paramount Plus is going to do like new releases like mm. for their shows or whatever. I wonder if it's going to be like Netflix does and just like put it all out like at once or like. I don't know, string it out, like do it weekly. Because to be honest, I feel like Netflix should do it weekly. I feel like their shows would have a lot more longevity if they just put shit out weekly Mm -hmm. instead of putting it all there to binge, even though that's probably what they like branded their platform for at some point, like just binge all this shit. But it's like, there have been so many good things that they have released as far as like shows, like Netflix originals. And I'm just like, you could like you could like I don't know lengthen and extend that money for that show if yeah. you just put it out like weekly. Imagine if like Never Have I Ever was put out weekly and not just all at once because right. it was put out it was so good and it was put out all at once. It felt like just like those couple weeks people were talking about it and then after that it's like okay anyways we'll wait for season two. I'm like it was like what ten episodes or something. I'm at like ten different weeks like string that shit out or like yeah. two episodes a week. I don't know. I think that's what like streaming platforms should adopt. Girl, they could ask the producers of season 13. Cause they know sure as hell how to string some of the fuck out. <laughs> also like fragmenting where people go to consume content can't be helpful for some shows. It's good because some of these streaming services allow creators that wouldn't have gotten green lighted in like traditional mm-hmm. TV shows to have their stories told, which is amazing. Like HBO has done really, really amazing stuff. Hulu does amazing stuff. So that's good. But on the other hand, because it's only constricted to their streaming service, not everyone can watch it. So some of these works just don't become as big of a phenomenon as they would if they were like on traditional TV. So yeah, I feel like that's another mm-hmm. disadvantage is that you kind of have to pay to play like you have to be subscribed right. to even watch it and to take part in the right. pop cultureness of a show which might not allow some people to become a part of it as a result mm-hmm. but at the same time i feel like streaming could like enhance the like whole pop cultureness of like a show or like a movie or whatever whatever content because like for example you uh season two premiered on netflix and I'm pretty sure, like, what one was put on Netflix after, like, it was, like, sold by, like, the network that mm-hmm. it actually aired on, like, the first season. I think it was, like, was it Lifetime? It was Lifetime, or Showtime? Yeah. I forgot. Anyways, when it was airing, like, on TV. Lifetime? Okay. So when it was airing on that, like, people really didn't pay attention to it. But the second it got put on Netflix and they bought it, everyone was talking about it and it got huge. So, yeah. But we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it's going to get to a point where, like, just like what Zia said, it's kind of like, just like where we are right now with cable, we're kind of at this, like, end point, kind of. We're going to get to that point, like, in this, like, overabundance of streaming. We're just going to be like, okay. And those people are going to be like, okay, so how else can we gatekeep our gatekeep, but also, like, open the gates if you want to pay a subscription price. You know what I mean? And And, and that's what it seems like Mm. it's just really really strange to me and i'll probably be subscribing but i don't know i don't know i'd rather also just pay a cable package and watch the shit all together 
I don't know if I'll be subscribing because I'm the type of bitch who has, you know, links mm-hmm. and sites. And that's how I watch, <laughs> like, most of my shows and movies. And I'm, I've been very comfortable with that. It's at the point when, like, my mom, like, hears about whatever new release and she's like, I know you have a link for it. Like, can you, like, get it working? Put it on the TV? I'm like, okay, sure. That's so, the thing. Yeah. It's going to make mm-hmm. it easier for the dolls with links to provide the other dolls with links. So... I don't know. I don't know what security mm-hmm. they have, but hey. The thing with streaming also is like people just share that shit. People share accounts. Right. They're not like just like for example, my cousin. I have a Hulu account, and I share that with like pre- pre- all my cousins and like my mom. And one of my cousins, he has Netflix, and he shares it with all of us. So it's right. like there's no need for all of us to like have accounts. We're just gonna share, and that's what these people do. Well, speaking of sharing, I know Zia wanted to share something, a very important message that our own queen, Lady Gaga, would like to share with the public. Oh, my God. So for those who haven't heard, I think it was a day or two ago, um, Gaga's dog walker was assaulted and shot. Um, and Gaga's dogs were taken, and I think it was Asia, if you guys, like, know her dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Asia managed to escape, but then Koji and Gustav, which are her other two uh, French bulldogs, are still missing. Um, and, of course, like, you know, shout out to the dog walker. We hope that they recover and that they're totally safe. Like, I can't imagine going through something like that over walking someone's dogs. Like, are you kidding me? Um, but now Gaga is offering 500k for the return of her dogs. Allegedly, no questions asked. Now, I don't know about that. I I'm kind of curious to see what you guys think. Like, do you think that she's really going to do no questions asked, or she's going to be like, okay, um, like, like, do you think it's just like a trap essentially for her to? I don't know, get a hold of these people. I don't know. I, I just I was just kind of wondering what you guys thought about like what role the five hundred K is playing in like this whole scenario. I think the role of that money is just for her to just get her fucking dogs back. I didn't know y'all knew the names like that. Y'all are stands. Y'all just mm-hmm. knew the names. I was like, I don't know none of the damn names. I just know her dogs got robbed. Well, stolen. And yeah, I know like I <laughs> I don't know her dog's names. Well, now I do, but I knew the dog walker's name. His name was Ryan. Um, I hope he recovers soon and quickly. Uh, but like that money, I don't know. The whole no questions asked thing. I feel like if it really is no questions asked, then her goal is just to get her dogs back. Mm-hmm. But like at the same time, she'd probably like, someone pops up with like her dogs that were stolen she'll be like all right well let me look into this person like is there a chance that they could have stolen them and i don't know Uh, we'll see because but i feel like she'll get them back see that's the thing i have a feeling there's some sensation tingling inside my pussy that's telling me like it's gonna be this one extreme ass stand that's gonna find these fucking dogs at like a Sunoco or like a Wawa. They don't got Wawa in California. Or like a gas station. And it's going to be some fucking like, like when you think about like a stereotypical little monster, it's going to be like that. Like a pause up, pause up monster is going to be there with Koji and Asia in hand knocking on her door with a bag of Chromatica Oreos being like, bitch, 
open the fuck up. I think it's going to be one of those international fans. And let me explain why. Because if they're trying to smuggle these dogs out, like they know they're Gaga's dogs, so they're going to take them out and it's probably going to end up somewhere like Brazil. Now, if you know mm-hmm. Brazil fans, for any artist, they are intense. So I bet you the dogs are going to end up in Brazil and some Brazilian little monster is going to find them and send them back to Gaga and like in Portuguese just be like Gaga please send me some Oreos they don't sell that shit abroad like I think they will literally <laughs> trade the dogs for chromatical Oreos instead of cash like they're just gonna be like okay bitch we'll give you back your dogs if you release our pop act too and then it's beca- gonna become this whole gay civil war <laughs> like dealing or no this like whole gay world war exchange with dogs and chromatical <laughs> Oreos and unreleased albums I mean because I think the people that did the crime weren't like gaga stands at all however i feel like the gaga stands would literally like infiltrate the underground dog trading network to buy the dogs mm-hmm. and then do the trade with gaga like you know we i don't think we should underestimate the stands that's the thing mm-hmm. the gaga stands need to get in contact with the real cia agents of the stand world aka the charlie xcx stands <laughs> the sophie stands because those motherfuckers know how to hack some shit they know how like they probably have my medical records so they need to get into contact with them. Mm. They might be the new army. They might be our militia. We don't need the naval force. Bitch, do you remember oh those One Direction fans that like hacked a security camera or something yes. in a hotel? Like, yes. what oh. the hell? Like, y'all got some dangerous skills. They could definitely find Gaga's dogs. I could definitely see like... I could definitely see like a Gaga stand, like seeing the dogs out and about and recognizing them and like taking down like what the robber and just like contacting Gaga and being like, you know what? Release the Sour Candy music video or you're not getting them back. <laughs> see, how how is a little monster going to run down on a dog robber by doing like the bad romance choreo on top of him? Like... <laughs> <laughs> They'd probably be wearing like pleasers. That's that's like a little monster's like army boot. Oh my god. Or like a combat boot or you know, war wear. Listen, a pleaser heel to the head can do some serious oh damage. See I see when I see the five hundred thousand dollars though, I like think about things. I'm like, you know, we are in a pandemic and I'm still partially unemployed awaiting for unemployment. Should we all just strap 12 masks on our face and just caravan to California and find this thing? This could be a movie. This could low-key be like the bling ring, but like for dogs. Like, just imagine a bunch of little monsters, like unemployed as hell, need some cash. And it's like, what if we just literally try to find this dog so we can get some guacamole on our Chipotle? Like... (laughs) Not even get invited to Gaga's, like, estate or whatever, but just so we could afford, like, fucking rent and another bag just, of chromatical Oreos. Exactly, yeah. We, so we can just afford the chromatical Oreos, but, like, have to split them because, like, we still have to, like, pay rent and shit. So, like, you know. Um, I haven't heard the greatest thing about the greatest things about the chromatical Oreos, to be honest. People just say they I tried taste them. like golden Oreos. <gasps> you did. I did. So... I've never tried golden Oreos before, but I love Oreos and I've actually been going through an Oreo phase. So Mm -hmm. my expectation was like a cocoa. Well, you guys know the taste. It's like a little, it's like sweet, but also a little bit salty, which is what kind of makes them so good. 
the chromatical Oreos, the green icing tastes very vanilla-y and so does the cookie. It tastes, oh, oh my God. It tastes a lot like those cookies that like, do you remember it was like those vanilla circular cookies that like supermarket bakeries would sell with like the fattest yes, thing yes, yes. of icing Frosting. on top? Yes. It those tastes, are fire. I don't care. It tastes just like those. I was never a fan of them. So hmm. that's why the Oreo was a little bit too sweet for me. But if you guys liked those like vanilla icing cookies, it tastes just like that. See, I saw I was at um the grocery store the other day and I was like in like a part of town that's like predominantly, predominantly, like extra predominantly like white and straight. I mean, I'm in fucking Maryland. There's no like gay town here. And I was walking in the aisles, going to the pharmacy and I just see like the the Oreo aisle, and I see a wall of chromatic Oreos, and I'm just, and they had them fully fucking stocked, not a single one touched. And I'm like, this makes complete sense. This makes complete fucking sense. People are trying to stay away from this aisle. <laughs> they probably saw that, like probably some like middle aged woman with her kid were probably just like strolling on by it. They looked to the left, looked at the chromatic Oreos, and she probably put that kid in the stroller and kept it pushing. And I was like, no, 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 keep the gay away. <laughs> But I mean, hey, we're, you know, the queer agenda is clearly working. We're now in 7-Elevens and in grocery stores. So, you know, hopefully her dogs will be back in her arms, though. Hopefully. Yeah, but um, other people that are in others' arms, um, Ali. Uh, Yes. So Lucy Hale has been caught in Skate Ulrich's arms. Uh, so the two CW stars were like out and about a couple days ago at some restaurant eating outside and like they're holding hands and like kissing and they got papped and then it got reported and like headlines came out that they're dating. And for some reason, um, Twitter was just a little, I don't know, Twitter stands were acting a little sideways about it, uh, for whatever reason, um, they were saying that, like, he's old enough to be her dad. She's dating her grandpa. She's dating somebody's dad. Yeah. But, like, he's 51. She's 31. So I don't understand the whole, like, the whole narrative of her being preyed upon because she's dating a guy who's 20 years older than her, yet she's a grown-ass adult. Like, she's over 30. It's not a Scott Disick situation. Yeah, that's the thing. We were talking about it a bit before the show. And, like, I feel like Gen Z Twitter is starting to, like, go a little, like, not overboard, but assuming way too early when it comes to these situations. Like, they'll see a couple and there's, like, a somewhat significant age gap. And they'll immediately start kind of assuming, like, oh, like, they're being groomed or whatever. And you clearly just said it's, like, the girl's 31, and he's 51. Mm. I mean, of course, we don't know how their relationship blossomed and began. But, like, from what we can see, it's, like, I don't think it's right to just, like, start calling this, like, a very cringy and, like, you know, like, a type of groomed couple, like, the same way we were when, like, you know, like we said, like, Scott Disick and Sophia Richie were together. Or, like, when Miley was 15 and she was dating that 20-year-old. It's, like, I think those are different situations than a 31-year-old and a 50-year-old kikiing and dating if anything go get it girl Mm -hmm. i mean not to defend like massive age gaps obviously if it's someone that's like 
18 and 60 or something. But right when you're in your 30s, number one, she's been a damn adult for a minute. And number two, just let her live her life. If she's into this guy and it's consensual and she's been an adult, like, I don't know, leave her alone. That's the thing. I feel, I don't know, is it like, do you think when you get to a certain point in your adulthood, like, do age gaps really matter anymore? You know, like, once you get to, like, would you say, like, your 20s, your mid-20s even? Because the things that fucks me up with this is that a lot of people that are saying, like, oh, he's grooming her are the same twinks that were, like, 17, lying about their age, going on grinder to talk to 50-year-olds. Oh. I'm not saying I was mm-hmm. I'm not saying I was one of them, but you know, it, so it's just like, <laughs> is there a proper age where it's like, okay, like I'm, you know, let's just say I'm 26, I could date a 27 year old or I could date a 67 year old and it shouldn't be a big deal. Maybe I think that that's a really thing. good like I think that's a really good age actually. Like late twenties around that time is really when people are becoming comfortable with themselves in terms of like their romantic desires or like sexual desires or whatever. So yeah, I mean, if at that age you're like, you know Mm -hmm. what? I found someone who happens to be a bit older. We're both consenting adults and I would like to pursue a relationship with them. Doesn't really seem like such a problem. Of course, it would be very different if it's like a 15 year old or something. But when you're in your late twenties, I think it's okay Mm -hmm. to let people decide what they want to do with themselves. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Uh, another age gap relationship that's like in the news right now is Lionel Richie and his girlfriend. Uh, she's 30 and he's like 70. And I think that's like, okay. See, I think, I think that because she's, fine. because she's grown. That's the thing. It's like, you think about it. Like, I think, I think what's fucking <laughs> us up a bit, you see. Hold on. <laughs> the Wait a damn minute. Hold on. A person could have lived their whole life and passed on fully between the gap. They see. I'm not judging. That's just that's just like a generate multiple generation. That's a lot. That, right. That's, that's quite some time. time. That's quite some time. Uh, you know, girl, that's get a your coin. Forty year age gap. Yeah, get your coin, but um, wouldn't be me. Just, I, I think that's that's a lot. Yeah, that's a bit much. Hmm. I don't yeah, know. Wait, y'all with the seventy-year-old? I mean, mm-hmm. at least I this would, isn't like I an have. Aaron Taylor Johnson situation, right? Ooh. What? Wait, Hold yeah. on. Rewind. <laughs> you said you have. I mean, minus like nine years. Sixties. Yeah. I think we've disclosed this before, girl. There was you coin. was out here fucking somebody with an AARP card? There was no penetration. Somebody with life alert? Girl, we talked about Someone it. who went to the original Woodstock? Like... <laughs> Shut the fuck <laughs> Girl, there's plenty of stock, okay? <laughs> there's plenty of stock, and just know this is a transactional type Listen, of relationship. Listen, I'm not judging. I think it's important for us to learn from history, so you do you, girl. <gasps> See, <laughs> you know, and the point of history is to learn how to have a pro- prosperous future. And I think 
him and I's relationship is making sure my bank account and my um, credit score have a prosperous future as well. So it's that type of relationship. The same one we talked about, the one I met on the train. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like a- Wait, he was that old? Yeah, he's still alive. (laughs) (laughs) I'm (laughs) I just, I was under the impression that that train guy was a little younger. I didn't know you were checking for a pulse, you know? I just, I didn't know that was the case, but okay. 60 is not that old, okay? (laughs) Someone sounds like they're just defending their choices here. I'd say 60 is a little close to old. (laughs) No, it is, but, like, there's always, like, a good 60 and there's a bad 60, just like how there's, like, you know, a rough 30 and there's a good 30. Most people, hopefully, are in their good 30s, but then there's some people where you're like, oh, girl, 30 only? You know? Mm. I would say he's a good 60. Mm. He's definitely a good 60K a week. So that's what I'm in there for. Yeah, see, that's the only one that matters, and that's what... I think the Lionel Richie situation or that entanglement isn't like, it's the same case applies. It's like, okay, well, she's an adult. She's how old again? She's 30 and he's 70 and he's in his 70s. <laughs> right. So, I think the word that yeah. fucks it up is 70. Like it just has like <laughs> weight. It has weight and years of experience entangled in the word. Hold on. Does 40 year age gap sound better? Uh... See, it just, like, depends on, like, what they want it to be, though. You know what I mean? Like, for me, like, if I'm looking for, like, a relationship relationship, I don't think I could do a 40-year age gap. Because, like, we can't relate on anything, you know? The only things, like, we'd bond over is you educating me about how the times were when you were growing up. And, you know, you already know how it was when I was a kid because you were damn well 30 in the year 2000. Like... I think the only time 40 year age would work for me would be for like a short term relationship. Right. Not that we would break up, but that the other person would just, you know, end up six feet under because like they're 40 years older. So yeah, I think a short term commitment would be, mm-hmm. would be better for that kind of um, multi-generational gap. I think it's like a like a type of like it's those like celebrity like couples type thing like for the older celebrities you know what I mean it's kind of like their I don't say like midlife crisis or like late life crisis but it's the idea of like they just want someone young and fun to kiki and hang out with like Lionel and like Mariah has her backup dancer Mariah isn't like old we don't disclose age when it comes to Mariah we don't know numbers but you know she has (laughs) she's a woman of a particular age and she's dating her background dancer who's like 30 so I think it's those type of things where it's like I don't see these couples getting married but it's like I think it's the idea of just good company good company at a price though Mm. I mean yeah of course I don't know if Mr. Lionel would be getting 30 year olds if he wasn't Mm. Mr. Lionel Richie you know that's the thing oh I agree completely even though He'd be a possible trade of the week. No, in the future. you know, no, no. I'm already, what? I'm already, I'm already saying no, no, no. Your no, generosity no. needs limits, no. Joey. Uh, yeah. You know that actor, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah. The dude who played Kick Ass, mm-hmm. his fine ass. Um, you know what? He should be a trade of the week one day. But yeah, uh, he was 19 when he met his wife, and she was 42 at the time. Ooh. 
See, that's yeah. Weird. They're they're married. They got two kids. That's weird as hell. That is weird as hell. That is like a problematic age gap to me because of how young he was. I agree. So. I think I think the issue there doesn't necessarily lie in the age gap, but in the age of when it was happening. Mm-hmm. You know, nineteen. Was she like a producer or something? Right. Uh, yeah, I think she's like a producer, a director. I know, he, like they met on like a set where he was an actor and she was like, you know, behind the camera. So, see, yeah. that's weird. Yeah. Hmm. Another kind of older male, even though this is more trade of the week talk, but whatever. A certain like older male that I do fancy, and I always like fantasize myself having just like this fling with his Graham Norton, and like current day Graham Norton too. Could get it. What? What? <laughs> you can enjoy. Okay. Z looks so disgusted right now. <laughs> I'm just looking at images. Z looks horrified. Oh my. No. Oh. No. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> Nothing well, nice to say. No. Um, we'll keep it at that because hopefully you have some more nice things to say when we actually talk about this week's trade of the week or shall we say our trade of the week and we'll talk about that when we come back from the break we are back and you're listening to the gag let's just jump right into gag reflex and start with the first ever train of the week uh so (laughs) we were thinking about who we should choose as the trade of the week and there were two options that like was that were really hard for us to decide between so we just said why not both what's the saying andrea porque no los dos i'm saying that. it like the little girl does <laughs> so <Yeah>. this week <laughs> so this week we have kj appa and jonathan bennett and first uh kj appa did a photo shoot for i forgot what magazine i think it might have been flaunt magazine but he flaunted a lot of things and we were here for it uh joey and i were just like gagging over the pictures um why to gag on him uh but yeah those were those were amazing and jonathan bennett accidentally aaron samuels as y'all might know him better as he accidentally posted a picture of his dick on instagram on his story without realizing it and that was a fun moment for twitter too you know that like mean girl saying on wednesdays we wear pink oh Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) no that day that he posted it was monday i was like on wednesdays we show dick uh apparently well he was showing pink all right too (laughs) <laughs> All right. So KJ Apta Appa? Apta? Shit, I forgot how to say that. Appa. Appa. Okay. KJ Appa. Honestly, I came here ready to roast him because all I know him from is Riverdale, and that show is a shit show. So yeah, I was not coming with a very positive energy. However, Coming across those images from Flaunt Magazine, there's like this one particular photo where he is fully going to town on a guitar, like on an electric guitar. And um, yeah, I'm I'm suddenly here for it. So 
I don't know if uh, if this week will be finally a week of harmony amongst us because I'm here for him and Aaron Samuels. Listen, he was blessed. Like we we saw the photo. He he's a blessed man. That's all I'm gonna say. We'll see. <laughs> First, I'll address KJ Appa. Honestly, when I first saw this, and even when I look at it now, this just makes me so upset in the best way possible. Like, like we're already quarantined and deprived, and then this man is just going to do this? How dare he? I, to be honest, you guys even know, I don't know who the fuck this man is. I don't know where he came from. I've never watched Riverdale <laughs> ever i don't know what the fuck he does i don't know what he is doing or what's where he's from but i know what he can do and where he can go and for me since we're picking our personal favorites from this lovely shoot the picture that does it for me uh, it's doing a lot of things is the one of him in like this sleeveless denim crop top and like a full like denim suit if you want to call it and he's just like laying on his side with the guitar next to him. And you see some pit and he is just like, his eyes are giving eyes and his bushy brows are giving bushy brows. And his he's just giving stare. And it's annoying because he looks like a lot of the guys, like the Bushwick gays, the Bushwick Brooklyn gays that I end up falling for. And it's just, <laughs> uh, it's so annoying. And his tattoos are really lovely. And his tongue work looks nice on the guitar. It's a complete shoot for me. And his little nipples are nice too. He's just giving it. Like, that's what I like. Like, he's just giving. Like, he doesn't just look pretty. He's giving. And he's giving me something. And then, oh, I completely <laughs> forgot about Jonathan Ben. <laughs> he's lucky he had his dick out this week because I would have forgotten all about him. My God, why couldn't KJ Apple do the same thing? Um, I was very impressed by that picture because you know i always feel like and we even talked about this before like sometimes when like celebrities like nudes leak or whatever like the dick will like slip or whatever always like and it will be like straight celebrities too i feel like straight culture like will be like oh my god he's like well endowed and like hung and blah 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 and i'm like he's okay like yeah he's okay like when safari's nudes leaked i was like he's all right like i was like i remember everyone was losing their mind and i was like Y'all, like, right? I, I, I was don't like, what it. do you guys watch? I was like, what do you guys watch? But it might just be because we're like queer and queer centric, and we're just used to like extra fucking large things and hentai and shit. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my statement on our train of the week, and it would be lovely to be in the middle of them, even though it would feel like I'm like staring at the mirror because they somewhat look alike. But hey, I'm here for it. I don't think they look alike. They look like cousins. Cousins. They're like mm. hot in the same oh, direction. Uh, so. Yeah, exactly. I watched Riverdale for like the first season and like half of the second season. Um, I only watched it because I expected it to be like another like CW, like teen drama. And I was like here for it because I was like in a teen drama sort of mood. But instead it became something completely different. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with the show? Uh, besides the men, the men were fine. And like KJ is at the top of that list. 
And I've been like low-key obsessed with him ever since. And I just want him to do things outside of Riverdale because I just want to look at him. Like I want to look at him and enjoy his face and his body and his voice and everything he has to offer, but just with a better plot and storyline. Um, that's what I see for his future. That's what I see for our future together. Um, and Jonathan Bennett. Um, I, <laughs> I never really... Okay, you know how, like, back in the day, the shit we watched when we were younger and these guys that they told us were fine or, like, the guys that they told us that we should view as fine? Like, what, Ethan Kraft on Lizzie McGuire? He did nothing for me. Jake Baharian on Fabulous? He did nothing for me. Uh, Jonathan Bennett in Mean Girls? He never did anything for me either. But after I saw that picture, I was like, you know what? He's kind of doing a little something for me. <laughs> oh, no. See, he never did anything for me when I was mm. little. I think it was just for us and our closeted souls. It was the essence of testosterone that was doing it for me. I was like, I don't know if I'm attracted to him necessarily, but he's just <laughs> radiating an exuberance of testosterone that I'm clearly deprived from. And I'm just like, what is this? I don't understand how, Ali, you can forgive the appearance of Bob Duncan for so long, and you can't lend yourself to the conventional Hold attractiveness up. of Hold Aaron up. Samuels. Hold I up. do not understand. Hold up. Hold up. Don't you dare talk about my man Bob, okay? Bob was out here doing it for, like, the gays who were into, you know, the bears and the daddies and all that shit. And Aaron Samuels was just giving me, like, basic-ass straight boy, Okay. Bob Duncan was giving Let's me Let's categorize them in a way that our listeners would understand. Aaron Samuel's Mean Girls era is Sean Cody. And Bob Duncan, however... <laughs> girl. I don't know about that. Hold on. Aaron Samuel... Well, maybe Sean Cody, but also I could see, like, Cocky Boys or, that like, Helix or, Yeah, Studios. Helix is it. Helix or, like... My next door neighbor, which is okay, yeah, that's done by Helix. So yeah, Aaron Samuels is definitely Helix. Whereas Bob Duncan, <laughs> I would say, is like the daddy role in like fun size boys and Tim Tails, maybe. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yes. Yes. Oh my god. Absolutely. I can see it. Thank you for that translation so our listeners can now understand. <laughs> Did you wait? Did you have to look those up or did you know them? So, yeah. I was like, no, you? I had to look up the studios. Oh, okay. Not, I, I had to, I did have to look up the studios. Not, I, you know, full disclosure, I do not have um, gay porn studios memorized off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, so, I, yes, I did have to look that up. See, now you might just make us sound dirty. I know. <laughs> You're not. You're just well researched. Also, like, what? That's it. That's Girl, it. I'm like a whole. I'm a whole woman. Like, I'm not a gay guy trying to like. How? How would I know? That's true. We should definitely have a day where we could educate ourselves. Though, once Cornisha is mm-hmm. over, we could gather around and just like live stream and watch like porn together. <laughs> it would be nice. I would do that. I would watch porn with my friends and just be like, look at that. <laughs> I mean, we watched. I think that would be kind of interesting. You and me watched. Me and Z have watched a water birth before. A water birth before, not just any water birth, but it was in like, uh, like a waterfall or something, like a creek, Uh, like by the river. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, love, you know, the the natural process of human evolution, but girl, that shit was a lot to watch, and I've seen a lot of things in my day and on X videos. Speaking of um, film studios, perhaps, Ali kind of put me onto something a few weeks ago that I would love him to share with the viewers. Hit it. Okay. So... One quarantined night when I was still unemployed um, and had a lot of free time, I was like surfing through, I forgot what it was. I think it was Pornhub before they decided to kill themselves. Um, So yeah, it was on Pornhub and I found this like video in like the gay section and I was like, what the fuck is this? I clicked on it just because like the storyline looked interesting and so did the thumbnails. And I watched and I was like, huh, okay. They're giving us a storyline. I'm like, wait, Sims doing it? And I was like, hold up. Honestly, the storylines really did it more for me than like the like visuals. But then just like thinking about that and like the sounds, whatever editor that is, he was like really doing his thing. Cause like the sounds are like real cute. I love the soundtrack. It's always K-pop. Um, and y'all know me, <laughs> I'm a K-pop hoe. And I just, I enjoy the little erotic films that this man creates. I'll just, I'll leave it at that. Joey, uh, I recently spoke to you about them. How how have you been enjoying them? <sighs> wow. Um, they are, I think the word used erotic is really perfect for it. <laughs> and I think that's like a really interesting point to touch on. There's things that are hot and things I'll turn you on and just do it for the minute. And then there's erotic. Like, I feel like fanfic is erotic. This shit is erotic. Like, anything that's deep and convincing mm-hmm. and involves a storyline is erotic. And when you're involved with something erotic in your um, in your own personal intimate moment, that's when you let out the best nuts. And I'm just very thankful for this um, viewing experience you've opened me up to. I watched um, the one, the storyline, where it's I think it's like the, not like the teenager, but like the young adult, like the 20 year old or whatever. It's like him and like the daddy or something. I think they like move in together or it's like the mom is gone for the weekend or something. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. It's like the older, he's like the Sims character is like, he's like spicy white looking. Like he's like white, has like a dark beard, dark hair. And then I think the kid is blonde. <laughs> I see why. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it was I don't know why I find so, that so entertaining. Funny. It just was like, I just love how paced it was. Like, it was like a nice, like, 45 minute film. And I just sat and watched mm-hmm. the full thing and enjoyed it. And it showed not only their, like, sexual tension grow, but their relationship grow. And then um, at the end of the film, I think the mom comes back from vacation, or whatever. And, like, they were just done fucking. And I was like, oh. What a lovely, happy ending. So yeah, I highly recommend it to everyone. Like Ali said, the soundtrack is great, the K-pop. And the sounds, the sounds, the sounds themselves are just like very, very, very detailed. It's like when you're watching fucking like Thor porn and it's like, or like Aladdin porn and it's like, whoosh, like so extra. It's so extra. And before we started recording, we were saying like cartoon porn is kind of like a drag of porn. It's just a heightened version of your reality literally heightened because those things have height on them too (laughs) 
So the one you were just talking about, I know exactly where the mom, I know, I know which one that was. The mom went to France because of work. And then like, you know, that gave like the, the, her son and like her new husband, like some bonding time. Yes. The stepdad, they went camping. They did all that. That's one of my favorites. That's probably my second favorite. And like, you know, that like all of those, my favorite one is the like, that I think he's a college student, that guy who lives across from like this single dad and he was like babysitting the son and all that. That was everything. And like you said, you see the relationships grow. It's like all cute. You get the storylines, you see the relationship grow, you see the dicks grow, you see all that happen. Do you know the best storyline of them all though? Is the one of the kid that's like going to college and he's looking for the roommate and he moves in with this like random roommate or whatever. It's like this fag and then like his like very, very straight roommate that I think like was deployed in the army before or whatever. I never understand army talk. Anyways, um mm-hmm. and they like get close and then they start fucking and then the kid, the fag starts getting close to the roommate's friends, and then they start fucking, and then at the end they all just have a big gangbang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, I remember that. I love that one too. Oh my god, it was so good. It would be like they'd all get back from the club and like the roommate would pass out and then like the friends would start fucking like the fag and I was just like, oh, I love this. Get the whole team involved, why don't we? And then it was like at the end of the story, you know, it has to kind of end on a somber yet hopeful note. And it was like the roommate, the first one, the very straight one that he first started fucking like moved but he let every one of his friends that would move in next know that like his hole's open not only is there a vacant room but there's a vacant hole <laughs> it like left off on like a cliffhanger like a dick hanger a ball swinger yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i mean i haven't checked this out yet but from what you guys are telling me there is story there is production <laughs> value there is sound design visuals Listen, I've seen weirder shit. So, you know, I I might be tempted to check this out. I would like to see it. The only, like, question that I had while watching it is I'm like, it like, playing The Sims for me personally is very stressing. And there's a lot of buttons you have to press and a lot of control. So I'm like, how the fuck did they manage to do this shit? Like, how the <laughs> fuck, like, what button, what hack do you have to do and like these people are fucking in detail like it's not just like like it's proper detail mm-hmm. like maybe i haven't played the sims since 2003 but shit mm-hmm. they sure had an upgrade mm-hmm. those videos kind of make me miss the sims but then i just like don't think about that that much i just enjoy because he gives us you know like blowjobs and bops so just enjoy zia that's that should be your homework for the next week enjoy the like blowjobs and bobs and like let us know how that goes next week i want an update listen i'll i'll check one out and i'll let you know i'll i think i might hmm that college one sounded interesting but i'll see if like another storyline like just calls to me mm-hmm. during my um expedition mm-hmm <laughs> The Sims is actually how I've had like my like one of my very first like sexual awakenings that I remember. Um, hmm. I think for me actually, it may have been with Barbies. No, it was it was like Barbie and Ken and her friend, and then maybe a brat stall, and like who knows, just I yeah, I mean maybe 
I'm sure some psychologists can <laughs> dissect that however they want. See, for me, it was, I'll never forget it. It was like, you know, like they would have like special edition versions of like The Sims and stuff like that. Like they had this one for the GameCube and it was um, Sims, like Sims in the City. And it was the Black Eyed Peas edition because it was like 2004. The Black Eyed Peas were really popping. And you would play as like all four members of the Black Eyed Peas. And I'll never forget, they were just like at the bar that I put them at. They were all kiki and socializing. And all of a sudden, my Will I Am Sims just starts like making out like the other <laughs> band member that's a male. And I was just like, <laughs> how do I keep this going? <laughs> what button do I press? And yeah, ever since then, something blossomed. So clearly The Sims has some type of tie to homosexuality, which I'm kind of here for. So just because school isn't in person or school isn't in session at the moment due to coronavirus, that does not mean that our listeners still have homework. And that is to look yourself up some lovely Sims porn you could watch just so you could get our zhuzh and hopefully so you could get your zhuzh. So that being said, we're going to go to a break and we'll be back with DM Diaries. Welcome back to The Gag. It's now time for DM Diaries. And this week, it's going to be a little bit different. It was a tweet that we came across. And the tweet asked, how am I supposed to feel if I found out that my high school bully died? So thoughts. I This was kind of an interesting question. Okay. So uh, to be quite honest, I've never really been bullied which, like, I don't know, I found that shocking after having conversations with some, like, other people, you know, of, like, of faggotry, um, such as I, uh, have bullying stories, but I'm like, no, I don't know, people never really fucked with me like that, because I gave it right back to them, and they're like, all right, well, he didn't enjoy that, let's leave him alone. Um, so I was intimidating enough to have that happen, but... Um, I'm thinking of like other kids who were like assholes to other kids and like how like they would feel if they were not around. Honestly, if someone like caused like a lot of trauma for me and I found out that they died and like it was this trauma that I like always carried, like this memory I'd like or these memories I'd like never forgot. I would pop a bottle open, to be quite honest, no matter if they, like, got better. Because I know, like, when some people do shit back in the day, when they're, like, younger, I don't know. And then, like, what, in the future, that shit gets exposed. People are like, well, they're a different person now. I don't know, and I don't care if they end up being, like, a different person if they got better. What I Exactly. It's the same motherfucker who traumatized me. Um, Am I supposed to feel sorry for that bitch? Like, no. (laughs) You're dead? rest in pieces like sorry okay this is a true story there was a guy that i knew in middle school who was not very nice at all at all and when we went to high school i found out that he had cancer and they decided to do a fundraiser for him by like selling these bracelets or whatever and because he was a popular kid like this fundraiser was doing great or whatever and someone came up to me and they were like would you like to buy a bracelet to support blank blanks cancer treatment whatever and i was like you know what no (laughs) no thank you i will not be purchasing a bracelet so 
you know, I, I don't want to say unfortunately, but it happened to be very minor cancer. He recovered perfectly fine. He is perfectly fine, still doing the same shit. So yeah, that's been my experience with something like that. Um, when faced with that question, I said, uh, yeah, y'all could choke. See. <laughs> it sounds horrible, but he was really mean, you guys. He was he was not a good person. Like, genuinely not a good person. I don't think, like, having, like, a severe illness gives you, like, a, uh, like, a day off or, like, some fucking slack for being, like, a shit person. If anything, having something that's life-threatening make you, should make you want to open your horizons up a little bit more to being kind to other people, considering your life is clearly on a shortened timeline now, Miss Thing. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't give a fuck, like, what someone's going through sometimes. If, like, you're going through enough shit to just, like, make you be, like, a complete asshole to people for no reason, um, I don't know. The shit you're going through doesn't really give you a pass. If you're an asshole, then you're just a fucking asshole. And in your case, like, I wouldn't, listen, I wouldn't have given him a cent, not even a penny, like, nothing. It's like, no, you're an asshole. I do not like you. Um, if things, if horrible things happen to you, I don't know. I maybe I won't celebrate, but I'll just be like, anyways. So, what's for dinner? Right. I mean, I wasn't like, I wasn't throwing a party for it, but like, was I going to go out of my way to support him during this difficult time? Uh, no, because he put me in difficult times. So, like. Fuck you. I would trade anything in the world that includes Sims 4 porn and like Wendy's 4 for 4 to see like a video of like young Zia just fully being like, no, to this person. Be like, do you want to donate to so-and-so's cancer fund? <laughs> no. No, fuck that hell. Like, I would love to see that. Like, if I could be there for any of your moment in your life, that would be the moment I would love to have witnessed. That sounds absolutely amazing because that's exactly how I feel. <laughs> First of all, that reminded me of a story in high school that reminded me of this deep, deep memory. This one guy in my school who was already bald by choice or whatever, he lied about having cancer for like a whole year. Yeah, and they had like this whole <gasps> fund and everything. It was a whole production, like as if the motherfucker's about to die. And then he was just like, oh no, I'm joking. And it was a whole mess. But fucking white people anyways speaking of the same thing um my answer is the same as you guys a good amount of my bullies i think have died considering i live in like the heroin capital of the country i think a lot of those motherfuckers died anyways rest in peace but um it's like i i I just agree i can't like say more than that it's like a weird feeling like of course i don't want to wish anyone death necessarily especially like we've all moved on and like as most people's trajectories go when being bullied, the bull, the person who's being bullied most likely glows up in life, as we all have, whereas the bully kind of sits and rots. And it just ever so happens that some of my bullies and some of this person's bullies have clearly rotted literally and physically. And I, I mean, God takes notes, girl. I'm not saying God took you off this earth for that reason, but he might or she might have a meeting up with you once you get if you do get there she might just be like girl we need to talk we need to talk about what you did to that fag (laughs) i mean my child on earth so 
So yeah, I would pour a bottle. I spoke a blunt. Celebrate the moment. It's okay. <laughs> but so yeah. Um, thank you to whoever tweeted this. This is a very interesting take, and maybe we'll do more things like this. Nonetheless, if your bullies happen to leave the earth, it's okay to smile. A crack a smile. But we'll be back with our teachable moment. Hey guys, welcome back to the Gas Gathering, and now it is our time. It is our time. It is time for our teachable moment. It clearly was the bully's time. Um, anyways, uh, my teachable <laughs> moment relates to the <laughs> relates to the bully chat we just talked about. <laughs> and it sounds like a very inspirational quote that would be on like a Vera Bradley bag or something. But nonetheless, my teachable moment is, it's okay to celebrate when bad things happen to bad people. Matter of fact, I feel like that's how I get, it sounds petty, but that's how I get some of my like daily entertainment. Even when some shit will happen to someone that like has an attitude or whatever, like at work or back when I was unemployed or back when I was employed and something like shitty would happen to someone, I'd see it happen on their social media. And I'd be like, you know what? They were being kind of a cunt today at work. They had it coming to her. I'm like, she could choke. That Like, I do not feel bad. Whatever you put out in this universe will come back to you in the pettiest fucking ways. Whether it comes back to you the same way it was given to you, it'll be in the slightest inconvenience. Like, fucking Panda Express forgot your egg roll or something. It'll come in the slightest convenience, bro. So, nonetheless, <laughs> hats off to the bully, I guess. But yeah. I totally agree. So, my teachable moment this week is that apparently I have to do uh, some mandatory viewing after this episode wraps up and to all the listeners so do y'all we have homework we have to catch up on it watch your videos educate yourself on um sims hooking up so let's see how that goes yeah if some of you guys waste your time watching emily in paris you could watch half of a sims film (laughs) oh my god all right well uh my teachable moment is uh that uh i need to rewatch Mean Girls again on account of the dick. Um, I'd like to watch it again with like fresh eyes and with this new knowledge of, you know, Jonathan Bennett's um, member, dick, let me just say dick, of his dick. Um, It's a real good one. Um, Riverdale, like as much as I love KJ Apa, I will not rewatch any of that shit. So you can miss me with that. Yeah, he just gave us a reason not to stream Riverdale. We have a lovely spread of photos that I would rather look at than that terrible spread of cinema. <laughs> but also the question is, Ali, do you think Aaron's, Aaron's hair looks sexy when it's pushed back? That's a reference, but... <laughs> I guess you yeah. get it. No I, no, I got it. Oh, okay, good. Well, we've reached the end of this episode, clearly. <laughs> And we are going to be back next week. So in the meantime, hopefully all of you, our viewers are clearly entertained and educated on the glory that is Sims porn and this lovely episode. So I'm Joey. I'm Ali. I'm Zia. We'll see y'all next week. Bye.